Welcome to Long Story Long. I'm your host, Lisa Curry. Today's guest is my very good and funny friend, Doug Dixon from THC Design, which is my favorite cannabis company. Uh, Doug and I know each other from comedy from a while back, and uh, now he's full-time with THC Design, and we had a really interesting conversation about how he got involved in the company, and I think you're really going to enjoy it. So um, here you go. (laughs) Hey, Doug, how are you? Hey, good. How are you? (laughs) I'm good. Thank you. Uh-huh. Um, I uh, I am so fascinated with your, I guess, like your line of work and like, because I met you through comedy initially. Yeah. yeah. Um, where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up in Tulsa, Oklahoma, which is actually where my company uh, has its roots from. Oh, I love that. Yeah. yeah. Where, um, when you were a kid, what did you, what did you think you wanted to do for a living? Um, I mean, fuck it. You know, oh wait, can I, can we cuss on this? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, growing up, you know, it's just the dumb, you know, I wanted to be a baseball player, you know, that Mm -hmm. dumb shit. Um, comedy's always been, uh, an interest of mine, obviously. Um, I think, you know, anyone who's in this, this sort of field, you know, was the funniest kid in class, you know, um, I was definitely the class clown. So that was, I mean, that's why I moved out to LA initially. So Mm -hmm. um, yeah, now I sell weed for a living. (laughs) Um, I love it. Wait, so how, you said that you have roots in Tulsa and I I know the story, but other people don't know the story. How did that come about? So, um, so my, my company is THC design and um, we we're, we're a, we're a flower cultivator and uh, I grew up with the, uh, it was, the company was started by this couple. Uh, and I basically grew up with the, the guy of the couple. We were in, a, we had a lot of classes together. We played a lot of sports together um, since roughly first grade. And I, I always tell people, it's truth. Uh, his dad taught me how to throw a baseball when I was like. Oh, that's really sweet. He was our little league baseball coach. So uh, and this co-founder, he was actually, he was our pitcher and I was, I was the third baseman. So, um, yeah, that's where the, that's where that connection goes. And then uh, I moved out to LA in 2005, right out of college. Uh, what did you, and you came out directly for comedy? Uh, yeah. At the time I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I just knew I, knew mm-hmm. I wanted to do something in comedy. I think I always knew I wanted to, wanted to do stand up, but I didn't have the balls to try it. I mean, you know how it is when you're starting out. Yeah, it's terrifying. And there wasn't there at the time. There was really absolutely like no stand up scene in Oklahoma at all. There was a very small. You could maybe do one open mic in Tulsa a week, which is you know essentially nothing. Yeah. And Oklahoma City at the time really didn't have uh, any kind of scene. Either it does now, both Tulsa mm-hmm. and Oklahoma City does. Um, but at the time, there was really there was there was nothing to do. So, uh, so did you did you start there then somehow or no? No, I started here in LA, which everyone says it's it's you don't want to start. <laughs> That's what I hear, and I did the same thing. I'm like, yeah. I didn't know any better. Where are you from? Indiana. Okay. I, is it kind of the same thing that there were just, there was not really. Um, there was certainly wasn't that I knew of. I also didn't know I was going to start. I didn't know I was going to do stand up. I thought I was moving yeah. out here just for acting, um, which I've done yeah. very little of now. Initially. Uh, yeah. I'm a terrible actor. Initially. Um, 
I did. I took like the the those basic level classes at the Groundlings. Mm-hmm. When I first moved out here, um, but every teacher I had, <laughs> they said, basically told me I sucked at acting. They said, <laughs> "You're very in your scenes." I'm better now at doing improv, but at the time it was like you have a very look at me kind of quality. You know, the thing that's that really funny. Is the thing that sabotages improv is someone having that look at me. Yeah. Yeah, no stand-ups because you know stand-up is kind of the opposite of improv in that in that aspect it's you know it's it's Mm -hmm. your world and improv is we're we're all of this together you know yeah (laughs) so um so i moved down here in 05 and uh meanwhile the co-founders of the company they were doing uh they had an operation going on in tulsa Mm -hmm. uh, until johnny law <laughs> Johnny Law got involved and yeah. <laughs> uh, they essentially fled Oklahoma and uh, they wound up in Santa Cruz. This was around, I think around like 2010, maybe. So th- at this point you, you guys are still, I mean, of, of course you're still friends and keeping in touch. Yeah. So, uh, well, not, not, not really. Um, I'll, I'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. <laughs> um, so they moved there around 09, 10, somewhere around there. And they got hold of the strain XJ 13. Okay. And uh, that's basically our company's flagship strain is XJ 13. And uh, it's, it's a good sativa strain. It's, it's, it's from the Jack Herrer family. Um, They, you know, they started growing that, got it dialed in. And um, so basically what happened, how we connected, uh, we had in high school, um, we had a mutual friend between us. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in all the classes with us, played all the sports with us. Uh, me and the co-founder, we weren't like best buds, but we were both kind of like best buds with this middle guy, if that if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so this is going to take a turn uh, on Christmas Day of... 13 2013 uh this guy passed away suddenly fuck i'm sorry yes, i'm sorry I'm so, so, <laughs> sorry we're going downhill no uh, uh no death is hilarious uh, uh we'll yeah. work around it <laughs> yeah so um so yeah so he uh it was a complete accident um so yeah, so uh, me and the co-founder being mutual best friends of this mm-hmm. guy, um, we actually both spoke at his funeral in Tulsa. And, and so, then you blazed up afterwards or? Basically. So, <laughs> um, you know, we, 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 me and this guy, we hadn't seen each other for at, at, probably since I graduated college. We hung out a little bit after I graduated in college. And so it had been five, six years, something like that. So um, but he just mentioned, you know, what he was doing. He said, you know, I'm up in Santa Cruz, but we're actually me and my girl, my girlfriend were moving down to Long Beach. Um, they were basically in the process of moving when this all happened. Uh-huh. And uh, wait, and so when they're at this point, when he tells you they're moving to Long Beach, it, yeah. this is for the company. Yes. Yeah. They wanted to. Um, they kind of had like a falling out with one of their business partners in the Bay Area. Uh huh. Um, and they basically, they just wanted to kind of just jump ship and move down to Southern California. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, when he mentioned, you know, I knew what he was doing and, um, you know, he mentioned, 
he was moving down. So that just kind of got the, you know, the, the wheel spinning in my head. Cause at the time I was just working in an office job, uh, making enough to just get by paycheck to paycheck, mm-hmm. um, you know, sitting under fluorescent lights. Oh yeah. Nine hours a day. Just, you know, just, it was, a, it was an okay job. Like it wasn't, it was a, it was four actors. I, I worked at the actors equity, uh, okay. in their membership department. So, but it was, it was basically a customer service job. It was light lifting because most nonprofit jobs are, but yeah. it was still, it was just like, what the fuck, like, what am I doing? You know? Yeah. So, um, once he moved down, we kind of just started hanging out. Um, and as they grew, as their company grew, um, they basically just needed help selling their weed. And, uh-huh. uh, you know, I was hanging out with them there, you know, they just, they figured, well, Doug's, you know, he's. He's a he's got the gift of gab, which is you know primarily all sales is. Yeah. Um, so they just he called me up one. I mean, I, I remember getting that phone call. It's like we want we want you to work with us. I was like, shaching. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was in um, I started in February of fifteen. Is when I started doing that. So oh wow. On seven years. Yeah. So and it was a much much smaller opera. It wasn't even THC design at the time. What what was it at the time? We just sold weed. Uh, and was, this wasn't like to distributors or anything. It was just... no. This was this was just going. Um, well, we have our own distribution now, so mm-hmm. like in house. But there, you know, that was that was not even a thing that existed back then. So yeah, because uh, I'm forgetting when you know there was different phases of uh, yeah legality. Um, yeah, and so I mean, which ones were when? Well, so like the initial adult use era, the like what we're in now, um, that was January of eighteen when that started. Oh, okay. Yeah, the brand itself launched, I think, in March of seventeen. So mm-hmm. prior to that, you know, we didn't really, we weren't really much of any kind of brand at all. So, um, but yeah, you know, I just they gave me. Uh, six pounds of weed and just <laughs> just said good luck gave me a list of shops to try to sell to and uh they're like hope you don't get arrested hope you don't get robbed so oh my god was uh, that base- was that scary or thrilling because that sounds uh, thrilling to me. it was mostly thrilling i mean um you know it definitely back then going in and out of shops, that was always the riskiest thing. Um, there was always a risk of, you know, some shady dudes just kind of hanging out watching, <laughs> you know, Oh yeah. Hard to describe you're walking in with a home Depot, medium size moving box. Like there, there's nothing else that could be other than, Oh shit. See, I'm imagining you just cruising in with like a little backpack and trying to sell them. I guess I'm, like I'm imagining samples. like, yeah, like, well, so th- that's the, I mean, that's kind of the fantasy. The problem is um, people show you a sample from one thing and give you a completely different product. So you, you'd have to show them the entire. Got it. Right then and there. So here's a question that will, uh, I, I, I smoke weed every night. Um, and I know nothing about it. Like, I don't understand when you look at something, like you say, you show them samples and they show them some samples of something else. You yeah. could straight up show me weed and then later be like, here's more. And it could be a sprig of rosemary. And I could, would barely know that right. you're fucking yeah. with me. Like, I yeah. don't understand how people just know, um, looks. 
Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, uh, <laughs> at the time, you know, when I started, I didn't know shit. I knew uh-huh. what, what what you know, like just real. Yeah. And I still don't know shit. Um, I still don't really. I'm not too familiar with terpenes, like at all. Um, you know, I I really I, I compared to some of the people I I know and work with, or uh-huh. they're, they're Rain Man with that stuff. So, um, but yeah, no, it's just you know you you learn to recognize the different lineages and what they smell like, what they look like, and that's I mean it's just because I've been staring at this shit for. Seven, seven years now yeah it's like, it's like looking at a magic eye photo like <laughs> yeah. kind of it, it starts to come together yeah i mean but i guess that's learning. like that's yeah. assume is similar to wine or anything else where it's like indiscernible to everyone else and you're like yeah. oh i know what this is yeah but also you know i tell people at the end of the day it's still just weed yeah you know we're still just talking about it. it's it's all weed you know it, there's not as much, you know, people really are big on if it's an indica, sativa or whatever, that that's at the end of the day, it's all still very much just weed. And uh, plenty of people will swear a sativa kind of can make them a little sleepy, which is usually associated with indicas and vice versa, you know. Oh, interesting. Um, a lot of people say sativas are really good for creativity, um, but I've found that smoking an indica can actually allow me to lock in on one creative idea, which is opposed to a sativa. Sometimes like that XJ13, you smoke that and it just mm-hmm. opens up the floodgates of ideas. And not- That sounds amazing. As you know, not every idea is a good idea. <laughs> you know, so- uh, Yeah, the um, things I think of when I'm high, I will keep them all in one little note file and then I'm yeah. like, what? <laughs> right, yeah, 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 yeah. So- um, you know, there's really only so much we really know at this point, to be honest, you know, it's mm-hmm. it, until this, until it's federally legalized and we can do like real research on it and actually trade between states and all that, um, that's going to completely change our understanding of this plant. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because like, you know, it is, I, I'm glad it's legal here. I'm glad it's legal in more places. Um, I'm also mad that it's more expensive when it's totally illegal. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah. I mean, that's just, yeah. The markup is huge. Um, typically the dispensary um, just on their end, they want to, they'll, they'll charge double what they pay for it. Um, and then there's like. All the taxes. Like 30, I think it's like 36% or some shit like that. Yeah, it's the high. Size tax alone, which is basically the tax going from me being a distributor to them is 27%. Oof. And then, yeah, and then there's some other, there's something they have to tack on as well. It's, uh, yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, so, so by the time you get to uh, it. On that like... same note, um, you know, it's, you 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 know you're getting a safe product by yes. a, you know i mean that shit is tested and tested and tested and you know in the illegal shops the trap shops um i mean in general they're they're growing safe stuff but you really you never know and there's nothing that tells them they can't do it so yeah that's that is the one thing especially um you know there it's sometimes uh, drugs can be really scary yeah um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it's like, I also wouldn't uh, buy moonshine from somebody out of, that they're making out of their bathtub. Exactly. Uh, and that's, I mean, 
that's essentially what you're that's kind it's not as risky as moonshine but that's yeah. definitely a risk you might be taking buying from a trap shop it's also like in in on the other side of it like not even being it it assuming all goes well in, in all scenarios it's like i fucking you know if you get like a bar of edibles or something i'm like and edibles are already unpredictable but if you have you know if you're getting from the same brand and you're using the same amount you can you can more or less yeah you know what your experience is consistency going to be. Yeah, yeah it's not much of yeah. a crapshoot where it's like right you know even getting different edibles i have i only ever take 10 milligrams and if i have like a uh block of a kiva bar i know i'm gonna like feel good and like be a little giggly and then i got this other stuff recently these gummies where i like i literally thought somebody i was with was a shapeshifter and i'm like this is too strong <laughs> how is it all yeah. 10 milligrams this is crazy yeah. um yeah I, the thing with the edibles aren't really an exact science just yeah for well but it's also you know with any psychedelic which cannabis still at the end of the day is a psychedelic it's mm -hmm. it set and setting and cannabis uh you know and sometimes can open up the wrong filing cabinet inside your brain too yeah you whatever know? it's doing to mine is just it's like i'm it's like i'm at a casino and i'm just like hitting all lemons or whatever whatever yeah. the good thing is at the yeah. casino. i don't know i'm thinking of like yeah. an old-timey casino machine because my roommate smokes all day yeah and she's she's like medium level stoned all day and i don't know i don't know how she functions because like I, I'll smoke a little and I either fall asleep or I'm laughing so hard that I, I get mad. Cause I'm like, I need to be productive. I can't just right. sit here and laugh. Yeah. No, exactly. up. but it's like, it makes, it feels great. Yes. That, <laughs> most, uh, <laughs> most drugs do. That's kind of the idea. That's the hope. That's the dream. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, I know plenty of people in cannabis. I mean, they, they smoke constantly. Uh, but I also work with plenty of people who don't touch it at all in any form. Oh, wow. Yeah. A lot of people I sell weed to. I, there's one guy I've sold millions of dollars of cannabis to, and he does not smoke. Oh, interesting. Is, I guess it's just like, a, you know, keep your nose and your business clean and everything. Yeah. One of those things. Yeah. But it's also like you kind of need to be familiar with the product. I would think so. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm happy to familiarize myself if anybody yeah. needs. Yeah. You need to come by for a sample. Yeah. We, we missed yes, it. I, I didn't do. give you one when you were here on Halloween, did I? Oh yeah, I do have to get some. I do yeah, have to stop by and get some. I don't remember much from that night. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Um, so anyway, back to like when you're going to the shops and you're walking with this huge yeah. box. Uh -huh. I mean Here's a question. When you when you're showing them a sample, you literally just show them the flower and they decide whether or not it's good yeah. on looks. Um yeah, so it's it's real basic. It's, you know, um it's basically you want the the structure of it for for indoor uh indoor grown flower. Um mm -hmm. it's that you want a real tight bud, like real compact uh okay. fluffy. That's kind of a sign of stress. Um, so you want to like, this is all very like basic, basic, uh, qualities, but it, it definitely like a real compact, dense, uh, bud structure to it. And then does it, does it smell good? That's usually an indication of a uh, high level of terpenes, um, which that's, that's where the magic is. is oh, 
Um, and then also, you know, you want, you want it, you want it frosty with the, with all the, uh, the tea okay. whistles. You know, I, this is something really, I've seen. It's very basic. Does, does it look good? Does it smell good? That's, that's pretty much it. So, yeah. um, the kind of problem going on now is, you know, everything has, we get everything tested, uh, for THC levels. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have, you, you got to put that number on the, on the jar of weed that it comes in. Um, the problem with the, the testing, uh, is it's not objective at all. Oh shit. So, yeah. So you can test five different samples from the exact same harvest and get five completely different results. And, oh, I guess that would be, I mean, would that, yeah. is that comparable to how, like when you do magic mushrooms that they say, like, I can't remember what part of it has more, is more. Yeah. I think like, uh, the, 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 the rule of thumb is the, uh, the cap has the higher concentration than the stem. Yeah. Um, that's sort of like kind of the, the loose rule of thumb with cams. You can just, you can test every part of it and get completely different results. And then, but also that percentage only means so much. Um, yeah. We had at one time back in the day, we had a strain called forbidden fruit. It's like mm -hmm. a, it's kind of a purple, purpley smells really fruity. Uh, it looked good. It was super popular for us. Um, when you would smoke it, it, it felt like someone hit you over the head with a shovel, like real strong. Oh, okay. Then adult use era began and we had to put testing percentages on it. And the highest test we could ever get percentage was around 17% THC, which is on the low end. Okay. So once we started putting that number on uh, the product, no one would touch it. Absolutely. Shit. No one would touch Yeah. So um, that's, that's kind of the big hurdle right now. And it's sort of a, uh, there's a bit of an arms race going on right now, as far as like just getting the highest percentage number you can get for the product, um, even though it really doesn't mean too much as far as what's, what it's going to do to you. Uh, yeah. Hey, it's, does it look good? Does it smell good? And yeah, it really don't mean shit. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I feel like I don't, that's not something I ever look at. I always just ask for something with like psychoactive effects because, yeah, because I, I think that it's interesting. My, my roommate has, and I don't know if it's just because she smokes all day, every day. She's she has like no. Um, I mean, obviously it calms her down, but she doesn't get any like the side effects I get. Where like I'm just so giggly, and like you know, certain strains do take me on a, a yeah little trip, and it's yeah. it's so fun. I'm like yeah. I can't believe somebody else doesn't have access to this doing the same thing. Right. How, right. How's that? I mean. <laughs> Yeah, no, that all depends on the person. It depends on your tolerance level. And it goes back to also just set and setting. What's going on in your life? What's going, where are you? Like, what environment are you actually in as you're smoking? And, you know, with, with, with cannabis and, you know, mushrooms and ass and those things, you know, if there's something, whatever's, whatever's lurking behind that facade is probably going to come out and say hi. And it can either... Yeah fun or if you're in a shitty space like I, I remember one time uh I got I got dumped by by a girlfriend like 10 years ago uh -huh. I could not smoke sativas because it would just make me just spiral no <laughs> yeah so that, that's that's when I learned oh okay maybe don't smoke that particular uh type of cannabis right now yeah 
So, you know, it gen- generally it just brings out whatever's going on in your life and kind of cranks it up a notch. Mm-hmm. Part. So you start, sorry, I want to, I'm, I want to get back to this. Go back, go bit. back to history. So, all right. <laughs> Wait, so, so you start, you start selling for your friend. February of 2015. Uh-huh. And then. Much smaller operation. <laughs> where does it go from there? So, uh, like I said, this was, it was very grassroots. Um, we would, we would, uh. Me and his girlfriend, she was, she was my, still is my boss, but me, her, we had one other sales guy who was also from Tulsa. Um, We would just meet up at various storage locations spread out throughout the city. Oh my God. So we had basically, we had, we had, (laughs) we had a whole network set up. Our cultivators would take it from the grow that it had been trimmed, dried, cured, all that. They would go at the end of the day or the very early part of the morning, go to the storage facility, drop it in, put it in the, lock it up in the storage facility. And then we would meet up maybe an hour later and split it up among the three of us and go, go sell it. Oh my God. Yeah. So, um, and I would just, it was basically like any other sales job, just, going door to door from dispensary to dispensary. And, you know, when I started, uh, I had, you know, I didn't, I didn't know how to, I had never sold anything in my, you know, in my life really. And I didn't know shit about cannabis. So that's, (laughs) so it's a good combination. And I'm going into these stores, you know, dealing with people who have some, some of them going back generations, you know, cannabis in California goes back, you know, I mean, give or take a hundred years. So. Wow. Yeah. Um, so basically just, you know, getting told no a dozen times a day and, um, which was okay. Cause I, you know, I, it, doing up, you're used, you're, you're, you're used to getting told no. And, you know, people would ask me how I dealt with the rejection in cannabis. I was like that, that like, this is nothing. Yeah. You know? Especially and, like after you've done some stand up, it's like, <laughs> who could care less? Well, yeah. Well, I mean, also, you know, getting told no by one person is a lot easier than getting told nothing by 30 indifferent people. Yeah. <laughs> not even getting any, you know, I'd rather hear no than nothing. Yeah. Yeah, you know? absolutely. So, um, yeah. So that, you know, it took me about a month to get my first sale. Um, that was, God, that's, on, that's a really long time. I would have been panicked. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, I, you know, they were very supportive and I also knew how much trouble they had starting out. Uh-huh. Um, and also, you know, the, the market that I was basically given the San Fernando Valley, which is more or less kind of a lower income area than like what Los Angeles is. Yeah. So um, especially the further north you get away from Ventura Boulevard, too. So um so we, you know, that was taken into account too. And I just kept, kept going and going and find, yeah, it took about a month to get the first sale. And then, you know, it's like, it's, it, it just, you get told that one, yes. So you start selling to these people. And then I moved on down the road, trying to get more and more sales and I kept getting told no and no and no and no. But then this first place and, and two weeks later, they're like, Hey, we need more. So it's kind of like, it's sort of like residuals in, the, in that sense. Yeah. It's like you, you're just digging wells everywhere and you just kind of keep them happy. And then um, it's very much a networking oriented mm-hmm. industry. And I'm, like half my business is just 
hey, my friend runs a shop two miles down the road. They need a good sativa. We know you guys do a good sativa. I yeah. know you, Doug, you're, you're good to work with. Can you get over there? And that's, uh, like I said, like probably about half my business is just that. Just people back then. Now we're a known brand. So like people actually reach out to us, which is great. But back then, just that. Like my, my cousin runs a shop in Van Nuys. Can you, can you get over there? It's like, yeah, I'll tell them I'll be there in 45 minutes, you know, things like that. Yeah. So then, what's you know, the stores, deal stores expand not... and yeah. that jazz. So, yeah. so now you're going in with like branded product rather than like the <laughs> box of stuff. Yeah, no, now I just, um, well, for the most part, you know, our, uh, you know, we have pretty much a consistent lineup of strains. So I'll just text people, Hey, we've got a new batch of crescendo available. That's, that's our hot strain now, you know, uh-huh. we've got another round of Skywalker just dropped, you know, things like that. And then if it's a new strain, half the time, my customers, they know me and I'll just, I'll tell them you want this and they'll buy it. Like, I don't even show it to them. You know, that's, that's kind of the level of trust that I have. You know, some of these people I've been doing business with as long as I've been doing it, which is almost seven years. So they, yeah. They, they trust my my opinion on a product. They know I'm not going to sell them something that's just going to sit on their shelf. Right. Yeah. So, um, but, you know, I just get a, I get samples all the, like every week I'll just get a bag of eights and pre-rolls and I'll pass them out to bud tenders. If it's something new I want to show someone, I'll show it to them. And then also I have a legion of friends who <laughs> yeah. me too and they're, and it brightens their day. They yeah. think the biggest thing ever. I was like, no, this is just what I do. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. go to, you know, I've got a couple of my, you know, the bars that I'm regulars at and I, I'll shower them with weed too. So it's so, it's so nice. I've, uh, um, I'm like, I, I really only buy edibles, everything else I get either. I mean, you know, I've gotten samples from you and then, um, you know, other friends have given me stuff. I'm like, I'm spending, I have, I've, plenty to have fun with right now. <laughs> yeah. No, I, yeah. I, I, like I get offered like a lot of times when I'm in, in a store, you know, they get their stores are given samples constantly from oh, wow. people trying to get in or just, you know, like someone like me giving them a sample to try out and they'll just put it some, they'll just lock it up somewhere, put cause they have so much, they can't even do anything with it. And yeah. So, Offer, hey, do you want do you want the sample? And I'm like, no, I'm good. I've got a <laughs> trunk full. I'm good. I yeah, I'm, I'm kind of like I can only smoke so much weed. And I really don't smoke too much, you know. So yeah, right. I'm I, I call myself a one hit wonder. I'll just you know take a hit every now and then, and, and then I'm, you're done. Yeah, I just I don't need that. That much. sounds effective. Yeah, you're so when you works. you started February. 2015 and then it's not legalized like uh, yeah. like you said adult legalized for a few more years yeah um like did you guys i guess did you know it was or how much were you tracking like oh it's on the path to legalization and like we should start getting these things in order now so that's one thing about our company um we were the first prepackaged cannabis in california oh. whoa um, yeah, our CEO, the guy I grew up with, I mean, he definitely had a very clear vision of where everything was going. So, um, yeah, we were the first prepackaged brand of, of flour. There were like some edible brands and mm-hmm. things like that, some some uh, vape companies. 
Um, but yeah, we were definitely the first prepackaged brand. I think we started prepackaging our stuff probably mid 17, I want to say. Okay. Um, Cause we just knew it was going to January one. It, it was going to be. Yeah. Was. Um, and there was a lot of pushback when we, when we were the first ones, cause no one, everyone knew, you know, everyone we sold to, they knew it was headed that way, but no one wanted to be the first one to uh, jump off the high dive. Really? Yeah, for sure. Looking back on it, we, you know, I joke about it with my, like my customers now, but um, yeah, no, everyone was just terrified. No, you know, just no one wanted, wanted to be the first. So um, eventually it caught on. And then, you know, once adult use actually kicked in, um, we were ready to rock. And a lot of companies didn't really have their shit together. I mean, we, we had a lot of things to figure out on our own end, but we definitely yeah. had like figured out so yeah yeah that's um I mean I can't imagine that's it's so much work getting a business like getting a business started in the first place and then also taking it to each new phase like you know as you right yeah you grow and expand but Mm -hmm. to also do that and have to be going through new laws at each phase yeah like, yeah that and it, it was uh, like the expression too much we paperwork. Used. <laughs> right oh well yeah a lot <laughs> i send so many emails and text messages about weed that i never thought would never have dreamed of doing back then um but yeah the expression that that we used back then and kind of still used to this day because you know there's new regulations uh still happen like mm-hmm. this month something new kicks in but um the expression we used was building the plane as you're flying it. Cause we just, yes. <laughs> especially 2018 was a complete shit show. The entire, really? yeah. Just cause everyone was switching from black market, gray market to the market, like the white market, I guess. Is that what sure. the it is? The white market. That sounds, I don't know. That sounds, that uh, sounds that's, that's problematic. Sounds, yeah. <laughs> Colonial. Um, why has it gotta be white? No, but, um, you know, it, 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 there's, that's, we, we were naive at the time. I think everyone just thought January one of 18, just a switch would flip and that would be it. But, um, it was kind of just a very slow thing. And also, you know, it's back then it was, I mean, everyone was just making a ton of money and it was essentially tax free. And so to go from that sort of lifestyle, as a company and as an industry to now everything's on paper. Now there's all these taxes and, you know, inspections and liabilities and all, all those things. Yeah. It was, and it, you know, still people are still dealing with it to this day, you know, yeah. back then we as a company, and I think the industry at large, any sort of problem you had, you just threw money at and figured and solved it. But you know, there's a lot less money in it right now, just with all the taxes and all that. Yeah. So um, it was eighteen was definitely an incredibly. It, it, I had a lot of sleepless nights myself. Oh no! Uh, so, I mean, yeah. I imagine it was probably not to like sympathize with the government, um, but I I imagine it was a shit show on their end too because they're yeah for sure learning what they need to regulate and tax and. Oh, yeah. Yeah, all that jazz. And yeah, you know, they problem with California specifically is that it just dwarfs 
every other state combined. You know, I mean, this is yeah. the capital of the world. And specifically, I would argue Los Angeles is. So wow. um, especially as far as indoor cultivation goes. I mean, Cal- California is just, there's cannabis everywhere. And, you know, there's the whole Humboldt area and all that. But um, I think a lot of the, the moving and shaking, a lot of it happens in Los Angeles specifically. Yeah, it certainly seems like it. It's also, it's interesting to think back on like, you know, um, I mean, I grew up in rural Indiana and weed is still illegal yeah. there, but I would say it was much more illegal when I was growing up. And oh, it's yeah. like the, the weed that was available to us there uh, looks, looks and oh, smells yeah. nothing oh, like. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's Back like a in, different yeah. plant. In college, that's when I really, that's when I, be, I became a pothead my summer before my junior year of college. I got mono that summer mm-hmm. and uh, a couple of roommates um, and they were huge potheads. And I really didn't, t- I had maybe smoked a dozen times total mm-hmm. point, but it was like, I'm in, I'm, I'm 20. I need to get fucked up like, yeah. and drink because I'm mono. <laughs> I do. And so my room, one of my, one of those two dudes fashioned me a, uh, a little bong uh, that we, we called the mono bong. And that was just my, my friend for the summer while I had mono and that, that was, uh, fuck, I'm old yeah. <laughs> 18 years ago, something like that. So, yeah. Um, so, uh, but back then it was definitely, it was, dark brown compressed half of it was seeds and you had to smoke like a quarter ounce and basically have a panic attack yeah that was was yeah and who knows how many chemicals we were ingesting back then and then uh i think a year after that one of my friends brought back some what we called a kind bud from colorado and you know, it completely different plant than, well, I was like, this is, this is marijuana. <laughs> this crystally green thing. Yeah. Is, you're like, is it supposed to look this healthy? Is it, is this, this isn't right. This needs to look like, can we mix some, some dry dog shit in this? <laughs> yeah. So um, what, what, what's crazy coming from Tulsa is kind of like how Indiana, what, I guess, is Indiana still pretty, pretty, they're still pretty bad about it. About I, I believe so. I think it's, yeah. um, there's, they're starting to open up oddly. It's all, it's all like older white ladies are getting into CBD and selling. Yeah. Yeah. Their That's little, the their little, um, boutiques, yeah. like their little country right. boutiques, um, which is, hilarious to me um but i think i think weed thc is not uh legal at all and they've they keep trying to like every you know um i don't know now i'm talking up on every like election election cycle or or whatever yeah Yeah. but you know the religious people win every time because yeah so so, yeah oklahoma uh i'm glad you're sitting down is a red (laughs) <laughs> I know shocking news. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so back back in the day, um, you know, if you had a gram of weed on you, you got caught. You were mm-hmm. spent in jail. You oh know? yeah, 
And meanwhile, you could walk in and out of a Walmart with a with an Uzi in 30 minutes. This is the thing that I will never understand. It's also yeah. like it's completely inconsistent. <laughs> yeah, um, like alcohol's but, way more dangerous. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. So um yeah, it's poison. It's mm-hmm. po- intoxicated. It has the word toxic in it. Um <laughs> but uh no, but now, you know, Oklahoma went medical in 2019. And, you know, I would have thought Oklahoma would have been the last state to get down. Wow. So and medical marijuana is huge in Oklahoma right now. Like the market's pretty much flooded there. Wow. So, um, yeah. And I think uh, the, the laws are super lax there. Um, like the whole licensing process, they pretty much just... If you want any kind of license in Oklahoma, I'd, you know, a cultivation license, a distribution license, any of those, it's basically it's $2,500 and you fill out a form as opposed to LA, uh, you need roughly a million dollars to get a license. Oh God. Or take. Yeah. To like set oh my up. God. Yeah. And they don't, and it's a whole process. Wait. And how long does the license last? Um, well, it, you get like the initial license and then you basically have to renew it. It's a lot cheaper to renew it, but the initial one to, to start it, you need roughly a million dollars. Does it make you, uh, it, like just hearing that and knowing how many dispensaries there are and how many, you know, grow companies there are and everything. Mm-hmm. I'm like, they have all this money coming in and we still have, um, a problem, this big problem with homelessness and our yeah. infrastructure sucks. And yeah what <laughs> yeah right no Where are they it's so putting weird. this fucking money especially because yeah. it's like they obviously have only even had this influx for the past few years so where is it going yeah uh that's a great question uh, <laughs> you know i don't know Where, yeah i mean the amount of money that cannabis is putting into taxes yeah i really wonder like where i i, I don't know i i have no idea it, it, the, 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 the government will squander anything Oh, yeah. No, yeah, yeah, of course. Um, Yeah, you know, I've lived primarily, I'm in Van Nuys now, but I primarily lived in the Hollywood area for 50 Mm -hmm. years. And I definitely, I've watched it turn into whatever the fuck it is now. Uh, It's, yeah, it's apocalyptic. What used to be a parking lot is now a 10-story luxury condo. Mm -hmm. um, That probably nobody lives in. And there's homeless people sleeping in the shadows below it. Yeah. It's, it's crazy so like that is it's very dystopian and uh, you know it's objectively gotten worse especially mm-hmm. in the hollywood area but also you know downtown is yeah it's bad la la is yeah. I, you know i've gotten older so that you know there's that that skewed sort of thing but sure, of course yeah but objectively it's gotten worse it's gotten much worse yeah and it's like i have see. obviously we have a lot of compassion and i want people to be um i want people to have homes and be (laughs) warm and have care and all these things uh and i'm how will we pay for it (laughs) i'm like what is this i that's what's crazy is like whatever income we had before and i know i'm like going off on a tangent but whatever like tax income we had before weed was legalized that was like the threshold that was like what we should be budgeting from so anything Beyond that, like oh, we have a new tax, new tax revenue that's multi millions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that should be going towards things that we haven't been able to catch up on. I don't understand what key, um, key word is should. I, I mm-hmm. have no idea. 
yeah, these people should be uh, the the, yeah. the uh, politicians should be dragged into the street and beaten. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to do it, but somebody should. Someone uh, should. <laughs> I think that's 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 all of us too. Like, someone should do it. Yeah, <laughs> but someone should do it. Let me tweet that. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's what's keeping us from doing anything is we all just try to we tweet about shit that needs to change, and then all right, well, I've done my part. Yeah. My good. Yeah. Well. It, there yeah. we go. Everybody knows I'm a good person. So yeah, so I got fun. that going for me. I got that clout. That's funny. Um, so you guys, I mean, luckily, I assume the the pandemic didn't hit you too hard. Oh no, the most <laughs> I most weed people I've, were. <laughs> oh yeah, the most weed I've ever sold um, was that first week of lockdown because. I, <laughs> Yeah. It's like, I better stock up now. Because, well, at one, there was like a two day span where we thought all the dispensaries were going to have to close down. Oh, fuck. And then um, some people were panic buying both just the the end customer, but then also all the dispensaries were doubling and tripling up what they would normally get. And then they bought all that shit. And then San Francisco they were the first ones they declared dispensaries to be essential and then la you know was like well fuck okay i guess we're gonna make these things essential you can stay open but yeah i sold so much weed that first week and i did it uh wearing sweatpants at home because we (laughs) because no one was really going out yeah you know you know i mean fuck the first month or two no one really did anything and so I remember that first week it rained the entire first week of COVID. So I just, I just sat there drinking coffee, selling a shit ton of pot. I mean, that sounds so cozy. Worst <laughs> was very cozy. Yeah. It was nice. So, um, but yeah, no, it's been, uh, it's definitely been a wild ride for sure. And it took, um, it hit, I started in 15. It was, I think that summer, it was right when I got married in August of 15. That's when it really mm-hmm. me that, oh shit, this might actually be some sort of career for me. That's awesome. It was, it was about six months of trying to just figure shit out, you know, like just uh, flailing. Was, that's the word I would, I would use. Just yeah. To, and then it kind of clicked. I got in touch with the right people to sell to and um yeah then it just kind of then I then all of a sudden I was like oh god I'm making a lot of money doing this <laughs> yeah it was and you fun. could still you could still do bits yeah yeah no I mean that's that's so that's what I would do is uh you know I would just try out material to these people I was trying to sell weed to yeah <laughs> I, I mean it was basically like you know when you're before you're going up just looking at like a set list and just be like oh here's some funny shit I can joke about them because the cliche with sales is you're selling yourself as much as you're selling the product. And so, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and you know, my, what I try to do is make them forget I'm even, I'm selling them anything. Yeah. Make them think, Oh, Doug's going to come by and we're going to hang out for 15 minutes and have a good laugh. I mean, that's a good, that's a good strategy because yeah. it's like, that's who you're sure. going to buy from. Yeah. No, they the want the person that you enjoy seeing because they you want, want to half it of it. Well, not half. I'd say three quarters of it is the product itself. And then mm-hmm. the other quarters is this person, you know, I want to do business. I want to actually interact with. Does this person yeah. grow my day or is this person? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like, God, I think someone, someone had the, uh, they said with comedy, the three things you need to be 
it's like you need to be funny, you need to be professional, and you need to not be an asshole. And the last two are negotiable. Like it's sort of kind of like how cannabis is. Like oh yeah. At the end of the day, a good product's a good product, but if if one person's an asshole and one person's fun to be around and good, good hang and actually gives a shit about you as a person, you're going, you're going to look that way. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Um, that's great. Well, I love you. I love THC design. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. You uh, need to come by. Yeah, I do. I, I have one last question for you to wrap up. up. Um, if your childhood self, like 10 year old Doug could meet you, what do you think? <laughs> think? <laughs> Oh man, well, uh, <laughs> probably be like, what the fuck happened? Uh, <laughs> so, well, back then, you know, when I was that age, uh, you know, cannabis was still very much the the devil's lettuce, and you know, my <laughs> mom did her best to try to steer me away from it. And I know she she had a horror story of she smoked it once when she was, I think, in college and had a full blown panic attack. Sure, yeah, but die. And so she just assumed that's always how weed was. And so uh-huh. she told me that story. So I, you know, for the longest time just thought, oh, I'm, I, I could smoke this and die. It could give me. <laughs> and it worked for a while. And then, um, you know, uh, high school happened and, you know, a few of my friends started dipping their toes in the water. And uh, I was like, well, th- they didn't die, I guess. <laughs> and they, and, and, you know, they all had a very good time with this. Yeah. I, I got to try this out. And so, you know, yeah. So, you know, I dabbled a little bit in high school and then college happened. I definitely, if you told me in college that I would be doing this for a living, I would be like, fuck yes, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it's, and it's very, I, I, I feel very lucky, you know, it's not lost to me that I have this awesome job. Um, yeah. Well, and that you get to do it with, with somebody you've known yeah, no, it's got that, you know, I've got that, yeah, I've got that history. Um, and that's all, you know, that's one of my strongest selling points is, you know, I essentially helped start this company. And so when people see me, especially new people who are familiar with the brand, they meet this guy who grew up with the co-founder, you know, because a lot of sales reps are just kind of hired guns that move yeah. company to company. So they know that, you know, this brand is kind of part of my identity you know i've got let me show hang on there's a giant <laughs> photo of of weed right there that's amazing on my on one of my closet doors yeah humongous proofing. <laughs> um but yeah no it's it's uh it's definitely a, a kind of a dream country i mean it's it's a high it's a it it's not I'm not just doing fun snow angels and cannabis. I mean, it is still a job. There of are course, yeah. numbers I need to hit and, you know, all that shit. Um, snow angels and cannabis. You know, and it gets, <laughs> it, it gets, yeah. And it gets tense at times, but it's still, I mean, when you asked me to uh, do this, to record this today, I was in Palm Springs for the night. You know, my company just sent me to Palm Springs to spend the night, yeah. sell weed. And I wound up playing a round of golf with one of my customers, you know, doing some real cheesy salesman stuff. So, but, but that's so nice. It's so after like, I worked in restaurants for 20 years and like, you know, that's uh, hard. I've, 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 
nervous for about 10 years bussing and waiting tables. And yeah, it's uh, and it's war. an actual nightmare. It is um, war. <laughs> yeah, working. <laughs> I'm, you know, you, you've heard it a million times, you know, everyone should work in a restaurant at some point in their life. Yeah. It is one of the hardest, most thankless jobs. And it's, it doesn't matter what part of the job from bartender, busboy, waiter, yeah. to anyone in the kitchen, you know, especially the kitchen. So Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's hot and there's knives and tempers and half the people are ex-cons on drugs. Oh yeah. I, uh, from the shittiest little chicken shacks to the most fine, fine dining establishments. Every kitchen is like that. Oh yeah, absolutely. I I've worked with guys that had just gotten out of prison. I mean, but they were nice guys. Oh no, still nice guys. Uh, They've done their time, paid their dues. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah. yeah, no, it's, you know, I, I, don't really have any set schedule for the most part, kind of work when I need to work, um, which is great. Cause I can, I can fuck around if I want, but then also I'll get a text from a customer like Saturday night at 7 PM about stuff. And I, I have to respond to them. So, which is fun. Yeah. This is kind of, I don't view it as a job. I view it as what I do. Yeah. Which is yeah, great. I, um... A lot of people don't have that luxury. I feel you on that. And that's yeah. people, some of my friends will um, kind of get on me for uh, working too much, <laughs> right. I guess. But I'm like, it doesn't feel like work. I love comedy. So it's like, I don't yeah. mind. Well, you're also one of the yeah. few who's managed to break through and. I'm doing my best. <laughs> yeah. So. Like if that, if that means uh, if the difference between me getting uh, hitting some goals or not is me sending some emails on a weekend. I don't give a shit. I'll send emails all weekend. Yeah. Yeah, me, yeah. yeah, You know, as long as I'm not waiting right. tables, please. <laughs> Cause it's what you do. And it's, yeah. I mean, technically it's a job, but it's more just what you do. Yeah. It's totally. a natural extension of you. And my totally. Selling cannabis. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Well, uh, so, thanks so much for being on yeah, today. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for listening. Once again, that was Doug Dixon. You can find his company, THC Design, on Instagram at THC Design. And I'm Lisa Curry. You can find me on Twitter at Lisa underscore Curry and on Instagram and now TikTok at Olympian Lisa Curry. As usual, please, if you're enjoying the podcast, like, subscribe, leave a comment, uh, hand out flyers, put up signs, you know, whatever you got to do, help me spread the word. (laughs) And we will see you next week. Bye.